and interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. All right. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I love this. I love the power of technology is so awesome. We have done so many fun things together and yes. you're in Boston. Sometimes you're in Florida. I'm in LA and it's, it's amazing. Like we've been able to connect so frequently and only, only once in person in the last two years. Um, but thank you for being here. Um, Alicia, we met through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is so cool. We were um, in school together at the same time and have since graduated and have our own roster of clients and I like how we've taken our kind of niche in a different direction, which is really yeah. cool. So I'm happy to have you here. I love all of the knowledge that you have and all the little gems you can drop regarding hormone health and really just kind of being a woman, you know, you really take that to the next level. So um, why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so psyched to be here. I'm so grateful that you invited me to be on your podcast and um yeah, I actually remember our like first conversation, like it was yesterday. I like remember exactly where I was sitting and what we <laughs> talked about. And like, it just left such a lasting impression on me. And we, we had such a deep connection then. And it's been so special to continue to grow in our friendship over the past couple of years. So thank you again for having me. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So I am Alicia Phipps. I am a self-love coach and I help high achievers find passion purpose and fulfillment. And that's because I am one, have always been type A high achiever perfectionist. And after many years of working in corporate, I worked in corporate for 10 years and led me to major burnout. And um, I just totally lost my passion, my purpose and fulfillment in my life. And so now I'm really passionate about helping others find, refine that in themselves. It's so easy mm -hmm. to lose ourselves in our society and conditioning and even just our everyday thoughts sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. What do you think is that pivotal moment in that kind of shift from that corporate typical nine to five lifestyle to the lifestyle that you and I are kind of after these days. Like where I know, at least for me, it's years and years of thinking about it and wanting to make that shift, but being afraid to, in your experience, having also kind of made that shift yourself, what do you think is the pivotal point where it becomes clear that you need to do something differently? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. So for me, it was health related. Like I went through this period of um, anxiety and depression and we'll get into the details of that as we go through here. But, you know, that was a result of chronic stress over a really long period of time that I just left, um, you know, without intention, like I just was not intentionally living my life. And for me, that was the pivotal point. I realized that my health was at stake, um, you know. But in every hard decision, I say and, and guide my clients that it comes down to two things. First, you need clarity in what it is that you're desiring, right? It's no longer this life that I'm living or this relationship that I'm in or this place, this state that I live in, whatever it is, X, Y, and Z. First, you need the clarity that that's just not it where and head where you want to head next. 
And then you need to muster up the courage to take the leap because that's really all it takes is being really crystal clear and, you know, having the courage to take the leap. And those things have many, you know, lots of different timelines, right? Based on what, whatever kind of decision you have to make, uh, big or small, it can take, you know, more or less time for, for certain people too. So clarity and courage. I love that. That's, it's so true. Those are just two really, really imperative pieces. I like that. That's actually looking back, you know, I can kind of pinpoint that that really is what was able to propel me forward without consciously thinking about that, you know, Mm -hmm. clarity and courage. That's really interesting. I do want to kind of go back to, you know, the way that the wrong career or, you know, um, kind of spending your days in a way that goes against your true nature and what's, yeah. you know, in alignment with who you are, how that impacts you physically. You mentioned yeah. that it was really health related that made you make that shift. And I think so many people don't realize the connection and they feel like, you know, it's two part, like, oh, I don't like my job. Oh, I also have health issues without making that, that connection mm. between the two. Can you talk a little bit more about that and what you were experiencing and how that's changed since you've also changed your career path too? Yeah, totally. Let me give you a little glimpse of like kind of what my lifestyle looked like that might help. So yeah, I was traveling a lot. So I traveled probably two months out of every year. I mean, out of every month, uh, sorry, two weeks out of every month, I was mm. traveling on an airplane. Lots of that time was over weekends and nights. Um, when I wasn't traveling, I was, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. I had an hour commute into work. I worked from seven to four, I had an hour commute home. And then I sometimes like to work out if I could get that muster up the energy to do that. So my days were really long. I took a lot of work home with me. So it, oftentimes I was working into the evening. Um, and that, you know, when I was in the office, it was in a physical location. So I was sitting at a desk all day and, you know, I was your typical coffee first thing in the morning, you know, coffee again at three o'clock, you know, treats and candies and cookies mm-hmm. and things all throughout the day. Cause that's what everybody has in their office space. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was just constantly on this roller coaster of, um, just highs and lows, right. Either really, really tired or like, you know, pumping up with adrenaline and, you know, fake adrenaline in the form of caffeine and sugar, right? Um, some kind of stimulant. So that um, abuse, I'll call it to our body over a long period of time, just caused me major hormonal imbalance. I mean, that it was just constantly spiking my adrenals. I was really stressed out at work. And, you know, over a period of time, I just started to lose vitality in my life. Um, and you know, eventually that led into more chronic, um, manifestation of that, which for me looked like really heightened anxiety. I went through periods of depression. Um, you know, I had really intense, like sugar cravings. I was really, really, really thin at that time. Um, like not in a healthy way. I had no libido. I was in a relationship and had like no desire to, you know, be with my partner intimately, And, um, yeah, you know, over time we, you know, those things sort of just add up and you just think, oh, it's just normal. It's just normal. And then, 
eventually it's just too much, right. For the body to handle. And that's sort of what I experienced. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And there's, you know, I think even just as basic as caffeine impacting your hormones and your that's stress right. levels and adrenal fatigue. And, you know, it's not always, you know, going to the McDonald's drive through every day, it can be something like that morning cup of coffee. And then that afternoon pick me up and your body is just constantly in that fight or flight. And then yep. you're literally in fight or flight because you're rushing off to the airport and catching flights and coming yeah. back and you can't yeah. really come back down from that before you have to go back out and do it again. But we've, you know, I think there's just, there's so much glorification of that busy, right? I always grew up where like you need two phones back when I was doing it, it was a Blackberry and yeah. you, know, you need to be on trains, planes, traveling, <laughs> you know, you need to be 24 yeah. seven global, like yep. nonstop. And that was mm-hmm. always like chase, chase, chase. That was always what I thought was a measure of success. And it sounds like right. you did too, where it's, it's like the complete opposite. If you're able to slow down and create some space and actually take a moment to figure out who you are and what you're doing, there's so much more to be said for that. So, um, okay. So I think that's a good kind of segue into hormones and how hormones are impacted by food, by lifestyle choices. Before we get into the specifics of that, what are some signs of hormone disruption? What are some of the things that people may not realize are actually symptoms of imbalanced hormones? Yeah. So I, I talked about a couple of them already. So chronic tiredness, um, that's like, you know, feeling tired and fatigued all throughout the day, um, sort of waking up and feeling like you didn't sleep, waking up and feeling kind of like hungover, really groggy. Um, another one is, you know, spiked, um, energy at like 11 PM. And then also sort of like waking up somewhere between like two and four in the morning, oftentimes with heart palpitations. Um, these, these ones that I'm mentioning now are really tied to your adrenals. That's if you have like really chronic adrenal fatigue. Um, some other symptoms are acne, skin issues like eczema or rosacea, um, weight gain or weight loss. Like I talked about, uh, depression, anxiety, those can also be tied to hormonal imbalances. Um, you know, low libido, like I talked about earlier, sugar cravings, you know, irregular bowels and kind of the most obvious when we thought, when we talk about imbalanced hormones, at least for women is like people kind of immediately think about their period, right. Their, Mm -hmm. their menstrual cycle. Is it, um, heavy, painful, disruptive to your life? You know, those are kind of the, the kind of most common, I guess. And Mm -hmm. if you like take a step back and think about it, it's like, every function of our body can Mm -hmm. be a symptom of imbalanced hormones. Right. And when they start to all add up, or maybe you think it's just normal that you have really bad acne because you've always had really bad acne, Mm -hmm. or it's just normal that you're tired all the time. And I'll maybe, um, elaborate on that one a little bit more chronic tiredness over like a long period of time, right? It's okay to be really tired. If you're going through a really stressful couple of weeks, it's okay to be really tired. If you are, um, you know, stressed out or going through a breakup or something like that. Right now I'm talking about tiredness over the course of like longer than three months. That just does not seem to have any relief. Yeah. It's not just circumstantial. It's just, yeah. Long-term. That's what right. are your thoughts on, um, on 
you know, I know a lot of doctors over the years will recommend birth control for managing some of the symptoms of yeah. painful periods, acne. What are your thoughts on that as a means for regulating hormones? I have my own opinions on this. I'm curious to hear what you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's really funny because that's exactly what a lot of doctors do is prescribe or, um, synthetic hormones, let's just call the birth control pill, because that's sort of what most people take, um, prescribe synthetic hormones for the relief of the symptoms, but you're not actually relieving the problem, right? And there's an underlying hormonal imbalance that's happening. That's why teenage women often have like really intense symptoms. And that's also because, you know, they're coming into their hormones. Like the system is finally like getting online and it's trying to balance itself. And so, it's easier to just sort of mask the symptoms with the synthetic hormones to kind of stabilize and regulate things. And I'm not, I'm not pro or anti by any means. I do what's best have done what's best for my body. And that had for me meant 11, 11 or 15 years of synthetic Mm -hmm. hormones. I don't, I'm not on them anymore because I also realized through my healing process that it was causing me anxiety, depression, and just a lot of these issues that I was facing were actually just being covered up by the birth control or in some ways making it much worse. Um, I think to each their own, right? Everybody has to make the decision what's best for them. But I do not believe that at, you know, 10, 13, 15, 17, that women know what the best thing for them is. And Mm -hmm. I think doctors are over prescribing it in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think there, you know, there's certainly certain situations where it could be beneficial, where the, yeah. you know, the, the, the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think just kind of throwing it out there as an umbrella catch-all, like, oh, you have cramps. Oh, you have acne. Here you go. And I, I do wonder too about the, the way that it disrupts the natural production of those hormones That's right. you're introducing something. And then therefore your body doesn't need to produce those hormones because you, they're already being synthetically introduced. Yeah. How does that impact you longer term? And I think it's just good to not to say, like you said, not to say, you know, either way, which is better for someone, which is not because it's all very individual. And there are certain times it may be beneficial and other times yeah. it may not be. So right. to be open to changing, you know, your kind of habits, if you will, too. But um, yeah. just to be aware of that, 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 you know, I think weighing the pros and cons and understanding your options and things like that. Um, yeah. I too have noticed an improvement in my skin, in my cycle, in my energy levels, um, in my weight, even since I have stopped taking, um, hormonal birth control. And yes, that could also be impacted by some of the other healthier lifestyle choices I've made, but I do believe that there's a significance there for me specifically. And I didn't realize that, you know, when I was in my twenties, no one had explained that to me. It wasn't talked about it's just what you did, you know? So I think it's just good to have that conversation and to kind of peak that awareness a little bit. What are your thoughts on, I know I have some listeners who their bodies cannot produce the the hormones the way that, you know, they should, whether it's thyroid issues or, um, you know, other things that may come into play. Do you have any suggestions on helping to regulate the kind of the female system? Because yes, there's introduction of say bioidentical hormones um, or thyroid medication, certain things you need, you physically need that. Um, But 
is there any way that that can be supported through like food and lifestyle choices as well for someone who maybe doesn't necessarily produce? Cause I do want to talk about, you know, um, in normal circumstances, how we can do that, but just kind of thinking about some of my listeners right now, curious if you have any thoughts on that, um, for someone who maybe doesn't produce those hormones naturally. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm no doctor, but I, you know, in my own experience, when I was transitioning off birth control, it was really a challenging period for me. Mm-hmm. And as my hormones were re-regulating, so that's sort of the only uh, baseline I have for my own personal experience. And I took bioidentical hormones or mm-hmm. in, a, in the form of a supplement that really helped me like get mm-hmm. to a place of balance. So I think if you're working with, um, you know, a physician or a naturopath, even mm-hmm. um, those are great people to suggest sort of some of the more natural routes or supplements or herbs that can really help with um, that, like lack of production for someone, mm. for example, like with a thyroid issue or something like that. Um, That's interesting. Herbs, yeah. what kind of herbs would you, would, would typically be recommended for something like that? You know, I don't know the specifics, um, but I know that there are like absolutely specific herbs for specific things, right. Or yeah. imbalances based on like what you're going through, whether it's, you know, your thyroid or your adrenals or, um, you know, cortisol, like whatever sort of is in balance, there are definitely, you know, very specific herbs and supplements. Um, you know, I know one, you know, that just sort of came off the top of my head as like a mm-hmm. chase berry. People take that often if they have really heavy periods or painful periods. So there's like certain supplements and herbs that are really great for specific issues, like related to hormones. Very cool. I love that. Yeah. Anytime you yeah. can take the natural route and I guess, you know, a natural naturopathic doctor, would be like a good complementary kind of yeah. practitioner to your say regular doctor or OBGYN Definitely. or something. I yeah. love that. Very it's cool. always nice to just get a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Naturopathic doctors go through a different um, type of training, right? Really focused on natural solutions to heal um, the root issue. Mm-hmm. Whereas oftentimes I find in, you know, traditional Western medicine, not always, but oftentimes we, they look to just, um, fix the solution. I uh, fix the mm-hmm. symptom and yeah. not the like root cause. So, yeah. Yeah. That's very true in so many different ways. Yeah. I love it. Okay, cool. So let's talk about, I want to talk about some of the foods. So I focus a lot personally on like what I call good mood foods. And I'm guessing yeah. that the foods that support your brain and your mental health probably also are you yeah. know, very similar to that. There's a lot of crossover. I'm sure when it comes totally. to supporting your hormone health. Um, personally, I noticed when I cut out a lot of processed foods and yeah. just kind of late night, you know, um, diner stops in Philadelphia and things like that and started incorporating more of like the whole grains and, and, you know, um, just more mindful and clean kind of dietary choices. Um, some of my hormonal issues resolve themselves naturally. So I thought that was very cool. Cause I can look back and I can see that change. Um, yeah. I did things a little bit too dramatic years ago. I went to like a raw food diet juice yep. and all that stuff, but taking course, away, right. But taking away the processed foods was the answer, you know, not necessarily yeah. those diets, but removing some of that other stuff. Um, yeah. so can you kind of get into a little bit more? Cause this is your area of expertise, which I love, um, you know, about what kind of foods support your harm, your hormones. And also like when 
to incorporate them at different, you know, phases throughout your cycle um, and things like that. I, I love hearing you talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So overarching first and foremost, it's really important that we stabilize our blood sugar overall. So sometimes we think about all these diets that we do or uh, intermittent fasting or, um, you know, like I talked about before that constant, like from coffee to sugar to alcohol, right. Cause that was the sort of flow of my day, coffee to coffee, to sugar, to coffee, to alcohol, like, and then, you know, do it again the next day. Yeah. So all of those things really disrupt our blood sugar. Um, so obviously a stable blood sugar plan looks like having breakfast, having a snack, having lunch, having perhaps another snack and then dinner, right? If you want to eat throughout the day to keep your blood sugar really stable. And that of course includes whole foods that, um, you know, protein, fiber, greens incorporated at every meal versus, you know, if you think about having caffeine and sugar all throughout the day, that's not really a whole food diet. That's going to help you stabilize your blood sugar. Yes. You're eating throughout the day, but it's not stabilizing anything. So that's first and foremost, the most important when we talk about hormone balancing and keeping our hormones like really in check. Before Um, you go on, do you recommend in terms of stabilizing blood sugar, then would you do you find that having breakfast, you know, regularly and fairly early is most beneficial to stabilizing blood sugar? Cause I know there's so much talk right now about intermittent fasting and, yeah. you know, a lot of people are waiting until 12, one o'clock to eat That's right. their breakfast or they're just going yeah. right to lunch. What are your thoughts yeah. on that from like a stabilizing blood sugar perspective? Yeah, I think this is really, this is where we, we talk about bio-individuality a lot. Mm-hmm. Like this is a very unique thing for each individual person. Mm-hmm. For me, for my body type, I don't really do well on intermittent fasting. I've done it, but it just causes too much instability for me because for such a long time, I had so much imbalance. Mm-hmm. For someone who's never really had significant imbalance in their hormones, which is possible. There are many people out there that don't, right? They have perhaps a little bit of imbalance, but not such a significant or chronic imbalance like I had experienced. It's okay. Some th- Those people do fine on intermittent fasting and it's mm-hmm. not a problem for them. It doesn't throw off their whole system. For some people, it even makes them better. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where you have to be really in tune to your own body. And, you know, I encourage, you know, all my clients to explore if that's something they want to explore, like then go for it and I'll guide you through it. But, you know, you've got to be really conscious of what's happening in your body. If that's really the right fit for you Mm -hmm. now, um, if we're looking at sort of like a quote unquote normal person that's out there focused on stabilizing their blood sugar and getting their hormones in balance, you want to try and eat within an hour to an hour and a half of when you wake up. That's like kind of the best window for ensuring that your, your blood sugar stays stable. Um, so again, I don't know if I really answered your question, but yeah, you did. No, I think, I think so. I like, and I know like for you, you prefer breakfast because you don't do well with intermittent fasting for me. I don't do well when I eat too early. It doesn't sit well in my stomach. It kind of weighs me down. I get tired, but I do put like, I will do coconut butter in my coffee because I need something so that I don't get super jittery because I am having coffee. So I'll do my lemon water, my chlorophyll water. If I just then have coffee with no food, I will get that anxious, like jittery Jittery, feeling that I don't want. Um, 
So I'll add in like the healthy fats to kind of counteract that. And then I'll have breakfast like an hour, hour and a half later. Um, and I just found through trial and error that that works best for me. Cause if I go right to breakfast, I almost get kind of nauseous sometimes if I eat right away, but for others, they're like dying of starvation and super hangry, you know, if yes. they don't eat breakfast and to, to have that person then attempt intermittent fasting is just like too much stress on the body already right off, you know, the bat first thing in the morning. So I agree with you. It's very, it's very, you know, bio-individual, but um, mm-hmm. it's good to know too, that it doesn't seem to disrupt that, you know, balance that blood sugar kind of stabilization. So that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I think listening to your body and, and, and doing what feels best for you um, right. is always, is always the best route. Okay, cool. So yeah. we've got balancing blood sugar. What's next? <laughs> um, okay. Our original question was, okay, what, what is, uh, how do you eat for your, for yeah. your cycle? I guess. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, whole food, plant-based diet, high in fiber. So that looks like trying to incorporate greens as much as possible at every meal. If you can, um, whole foods, right. That means it's not processed. You're looking at having lean protein, veggies, whole grains in their like original form, not because the box says it has whole grains on it because you made your quinoa from the bulk of the quinoa, you know, that you bought at the grocery store. So, yeah. um, yeah, fiber, whole grains and healthy fats, really, really very, 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 very important for our cell regeneration and to help, um, kind of stabilize our hunger throughout the day. So perfect that you add healthy fats to your coffee in the morning. And that helps you release that jitters. For me, I have to eat a really high fat breakfast. So maybe that looks like avocado toast, or I might make a smoothie and put like a giant scoop of almond butter in there, or maybe a half an avocado so that I know that I'm getting that real healthy fat. That's what fills me up first thing in the morning. And again, ensures that I'm stable all throughout the day. And, you know, I try and incorporate healthy fats at every meal. Sometimes that's just olive oil or a quarter of an avocado, um, but making sure that you have those sort of four elements. So fiber, fat, protein, and greens at every meal is going to ensure that you're staying really stable. Um, yeah. And then of course, there are certain foods throughout the month that you can eat to help um, support your hormonal system and your cycle. Um, one thing I try to do is like, if I'm going to have coffee or caffeine throughout the month, I have it at the very beginning of my cycle. So right after my period is done, if I have it closer to the start of my menstruation. So at the end of my cycle, I get really jittery. It doesn't matter like how much I have or how little I have, or if I put fat in it or not, it makes me a lot more jittery. And I think that's just, you know, the, the cycle of what our hormones are going through. Um, yeah. That's interesting. I definitely notice a different reaction um, depending on the phase of my cycle. So there are yep. certain weeks that I can now pinpoint with regularity that yes. I am much more social or more withdrawn, yes. more sensitive to caffeine and even alcohol. So I can mm-hmm. have a glass of wine, you know, in, I don't know, the luteal phase or something. I don't even know which yep. one it is. I just know yep. that there are four and I can pinpoint where I am. Um, yeah. But a glass of wine that week might be totally fine. Wake up the next morning. Like it never happened. Go to Barry's boot camp and have a great day. Yeah. That exact same glass of wine, you know, in, I don't know, the week before I actually get my period, for example, can 
have like disastrous consequences. Like yeah. I feel it so much harder. It gives me anxiety and That's right. I feel like super tired the next day. And I've noticed that that is dependent on where I am in my cycle. Totally. It's just so interesting. Can you, yeah. you, you do, I guess, how can we, maybe you can help me explain that a little bit better in terms of like what's actually happening right there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if we look at the way that our hormones cycle throughout the month, they they're on sort of an up and down roller coaster, right? And as we come towards into our menstruation, they're on that sort of downward slope. That's when we tend to feel more anxiety. We feel more tired. We sometimes people get really depressed. Um, and that's because we're just experiencing this like major drop before we have the shedding. So um, that that drop on top of those disruptors like caffeine and alcohol is just too much for our system, right? That's when we start to feel that amplified effect. Again, when you're on the other side of your cycle, you're at the end of your period, your hormones are back on the upward swing. We have a lot more tolerance and resistance and we can handle more caffeine and more alcohol. We feel more vibrant, right? We don't tend to feel that like anxiety and depression sometimes that can come on for people. Um, Sleep is a lot easier. Again, a lot of people and me included suffer from insomnia right before my period. Again, it's just that major drop in your hormones. Your whole system is being, is being shocked and it can be hard to sleep. So interesting. And once you can recognize that it's like, I can almost visualize that roller coaster because the week after right. I actually get my period, I have so much energy. I'm doing like higher yes. intensity work. I want to run. That's right. I want to make plans with my friends. Yes. That I didn't want to see the week before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so crazy. I love it yeah. though, because then you can work with that. So that's right. At one point I was actually, I still do track. I've tracked it on a free app for years and years, just because I, I like to have that visibility and to, to know what's happening. Um, yeah. but I was actually looking at it by, by phase each month to kind yes. of pinpoint, because once you have that awareness then you can kind of give yourself a break and think like, That's Oh, right. not, not what's wrong with me. Like something must be going on, but like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what? I am going to bail on those plans tomorrow because <laughs> yep. I know in a week I'm going to be in a much better headspace. And now I almost right. plan things accordingly. Like I know where I am in my cycle and I probably won't even make the plans to begin with during certain times in my cycle. And other times I'll make them knowing that fully well that I'm going to keep them because like, you know, I'm feeling good. So yeah. I think it's really cool to, to be aware of that. And, you know, even things work related, like back before the pandemic, you know, networking events or right offsite things or presentations or public speaking. Like if you can kind of pinpoint um, you know, the best time for you to do certain things and then the best yeah. time to scale back, you can use that to your advantage so much. And I think that's really cool. That was interesting totally. to learn. Um, yeah. And it's just you fun to live in a lot more. Yeah. Harmony. You can just allow yourself to live in a lot more flow and harmony yeah. and alignment when you do become aware of what that's yeah. like for you each, each cycle. Yeah. yeah. Each, each phase, I guess, of our cycle. Yeah. It's very cool. It's, it's like, it, you know, it used to be, I always perceived it as like this inconvenience and now I can appreciate it as this really like magical cycle. That yeah. It's just like it, nature is really very, very cool. So thank you for the explanation. Um, yeah. What are your top, let's say top five foods for helping to balance your hormones? So maybe like a fiber, protein, fat, 
you know, kind of maybe a little bit of a variety? What are some of the yeah. go-tos that you always eat, you know, throughout the week? Yeah, sure. So, um, I cycle through different nut butters. So I'm a huge nut butter fan and, you know, regular raw nuts are fine too. Um, it depends on your preference. Some people like roasted as long as they're not too salted, that's okay. But you know, the raw form is really the best that you can get. So I'm a raw almond eater. You know, I kind of eat those occasionally throughout the month. Um, I do tend to like some varieties. So I do raw almonds and raw, uh, walnuts. Um, it's, it's no, um, human, you know, nature is such an amazing thing. It's no mistake that a walnut actually looks like a brain, right? Mm -hmm. It's like one of the best foods that you can eat yeah. for your brain. So not only for your brain, but for your hormones too. So walnuts are great. Um, so I'm a big nut butter fan. Um, on top of that, I'm a really huge spinach fan. So I mm. eat, I get one of those like, you know, big containers of spinach and yeah. I put a handful on the bottom of every meal that I eat. So mm -hmm. it's a handful of raw spinach and I'm a big bowl food eater. So like, for example, I'll tell you today, I put a handful of spinach. I put about a quarter to a half a cup of lentils. On top of that, I put some roasted cauliflower and I had a turkey burger and mm -hmm. I just heat it up in the microwave. And so it's all gets kind of all wilted. I'm a big, like I said, bowl food eater. I'm kind of Me mix too. together and eat it <laughs> yes. just like that. So, yeah. um, it's one of the easiest ways that you can get greens in every meal. People think it has to be like, oh, I've got to eat a salad or I've got to saute all these greens or veggies. Like, no, I just put them in the bowl and microwave them. And they're like, it's perfect. Um, yeah. so that's my fat, my greens, uh, my fiber. So I'm a huge bean legume fan. It's what helped me regulate my hormones the most. They're the most readily available form of fiber. And as a society, we are like so scared of eating beans. I eat beans probably at least once, if not twice a day on top of taking my psyllium husk supplement. And that's what keeps my hormones like stable and regular. Um, mm -hmm. On top of if I have a night that I'm going to go drinking, I have a big uh, glass of psyllium husk before I go to bed to again, stabilize that blood sugar. That's going to be spiked and then crashing in the middle of the night. One after my like alcohol crash is coming down, mm -hmm. the psyllium husk really helps with that. Um, oatmeal is another great form of, of fiber, soluble fiber that, that people can get, but you have to eat a lot of oatmeal to get the same amount that you would eat mm -hmm. in beans. So I'm a big, big bean fan. Um, when I say fat fiber greens, what am I missing? Protein. Fat, Beans are protein. Pro protein. Yeah. You've, I yeah. mean, you've got that covered. <laughs> yeah. Protein. I'm a, I'm a huge like fish or turkey burger fan. That's like kind of what I go to. Those are my go-to and, and eggs of course, but, um, pasture raised organic mm -hmm. eggs. I usually have a bunch hard boiled in my fridge. So that's like one of some of my favorite foods for stabilizing blood sugar and stabilizing your hormones. Delicious. All my favorite foods. Yeah. And then you can take the salmon and you can put it on the spinach and you can throw right. in some avocado and some, yes, eggs. I love doing the spinach like a little bit. Well, it gets a little bit wilted because of the fish. So I'll do a piece of salmon on top yes. of it and it warms it up a little bit yes. and then a soft boiled egg with some Ooh, cucumber yes. and dill. That's like my favorite. I yes. love that. You've got to get your air fryer so you can do the salmon in the air fryer. It's so easy. I know. 
I can't stop every time I look at your Instagram. I'm like, oh my God, I need an air fryer. You do. I want to do my salmon air fried. I want to do yes. this air fried. I want to make yes. sweet potato fries, like all those things. I cannot believe yeah. I don't have them yet. So I know go all the veggies. Yeah. You have to. The cauliflower, yeah. the Brussels. Yes. Oh my God, oh it's God. so good. I'm going shopping. Do... You're doing what? I'm going shopping tonight with my boyfriend. Yeah. So like, I might come home with one. I'll let you know. You will. And you can do yeah. the air fried, like um, chickpeas. You can do like lima beans and season them. Yeah. The, the options are endless. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it's roasted so chickpeas and they're such a pain to make like yeah. on your own. Right. We, we now like have those ones from whole foods that you can buy right now yeah. for the different brands, but um, you know, making them at home is obviously so much better, but it takes a yeah. lot of labor. It's a labor of love for sure to get yeah. them right. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of love. Oh, that's a good segue. I yeah. want to talk about self-love. So you yeah. are your, t- you know, your title, what you yeah. embody is self-love coach. What yes. does that yeah. mean? Mm. I think it means like a radical self-acceptance. That means a, a complete understanding and knowing of oneself and really unapologetically being that person, like just showing up as you are, whoever you are in every situation. Um, and I think that just takes years of actually, like for me, it took years of recognizing how much I abandoned myself. Um, where I would abandon myself in relationships, right? I would do things for other people, people pleaser, perfectionist, right? Those are all things that drove my actions and behaviors versus what it was that I really wanted, like how I wanted Mm -hmm. to intentionally live and show up in uh, relationships at work, like wherever, right? All the different facets of our life that we get to show up and be in. Do you think that most of us are are not living in our kind of self-truth? Yeah, I do. Actually, I think most people are not. Um, it's really interesting. I just took a couple women through my career clarity course, which is like four weeks to career clarity. And it's for the woman who feels like really stuck and unclear on the direction that they want to go in their life. Maybe they're in a job that's just like not lighting them up. And um, these, these women showed up and kind of went through it. And on the other side, just had this like incredible confidence. And like the one thing that they both told me was like, well, I didn't realize like how much of my life I was living just like based on conditioning. And I wasn't really like living in my own truth. And now like I'm much clearer on what that is for me. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think most people are not living in their truth. They're just living based on conditioning or what they think they should do or, you know, other, maybe more ego driven reasons, right. I'm going after that job because it pays a lot, or Mm -hmm. I'm chasing after that guy because he's really handsome or sexy Mm -hmm. or whatever, like, and it's not really in alignment with what we what we need. And that also all starts with awareness because sometimes we don't even know what we, what we need or want. Yeah. And we don't even realize, I think it's happening. It's, you know, maybe your parents told you that they wanted you to be successful and this is the definition of success. And then in school, you're told to be, you know, academically successful and do well in these areas of, you know, study and then go to college and get this job. And, 
without ever thinking about what it is that you enjoy or want or your purpose here, you know, in yeah. life. And, and it feels so, it's just so eye-opening when you take a minute to pause. And I always like to go back to thinking about like, what did you enjoy as a child? Like, where did you get lost and get in that flow state and lose track yeah. of time? Like what brought you so much joy? And for me, it was always being out in the woods, out in nature. Like I love yeah. to explore and even just to be alone and find yeah. like these little like nooks and bring a book. Yes. And, and I got so far away from that, like the opposite, yeah. like 37th floor of a high rise in Philadelphia, right? Any further from that forest, you know? Um, but obviously, like, I'm not just going to go sit in a forest for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, what are like some tips and tricks that you have for, for people who are maybe just starting to recognize that this is something they could even explore? Yeah. What kinds of things to think about? Like, how do you kind of peel that back, you know, those mm. layers of conditioning and start to figure out who you are? Like, how do you get back to that? Yeah. I think um, a couple of different things. One is starting to recognize like how you talk to yourself, right? What does that talk track sound like when everything else is quiet? And sort of the easiest way, I think, for people to recognize that is like when you walk in front of a mirror, right? Like, what are the thoughts that come to your head? and starting to become aware of those, write them down, journal them out, um, and journaling. Like, I think that is one of the, that was for me, sort of the gateway into getting to know myself in a much deeper way is starting to explore different questions. And I would buy, you know, journal prompt cards or things like that, that would help me like start to explore some of these areas of my life that I wasn't accessing. Like we just don't, mm -hmm. we don't think about on a day-to-day -day basis, right? It's not like writing down your goals or, you know, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. um, those are the two, I would say those are the two ways to really start to bring awareness to what self-love looks like to you. And then my last thing that I'll leave people with is like, you know, you can ask yourself in a, in a decision place, right. When you're in a place of making a decision or making a choice, like, is this a self-loving choice, right. Or is this a choice that I'm making for something else or someone else or ego driven or, you know, um, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it takes me to you know, journal prompts, I think are super helpful. Um, like free writing is always a really good tool as well. I like journaling, like as soon as you wake up when your, your mind is kind of free and clear of the clutter mm -hmm. and you're kind of yeah. in that like pseudo hypnotic state still. Um, and also, you know, different resources and classes, I think too, like Lacey Phillips to being magnetic. I find yeah. that work so interesting and like shadow work mm -hmm. and, um, you know, unblocking like inner child or, you know, areas that you have conditioning blocks, whether it's around money or, you know, self-image or self-love. I think it's all really helpful to kind of seek out resources that will kind of guide you through that. And it sounds like that's what you're doing with your clients right now as well, which is it's totally. just so beautiful. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, I do want to touch on kind of thinking about what brings you joy as a child and passions and things like that. Yeah. Your equestrian lifestyle. So you did, 
I know that you recently purchased a horse and you've been riding yeah. and just kind of like absolutely in love with that piece of your life. Is that uh, something that you kind of moved away from and then came back to and yeah. kind of like refound? How, yeah. how do you feel? I think, you know, cultivating like those passions and those hobbies is just such an important piece of, of life and overall health and well-being. So how has that impacted you in a positive way? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just share a little bit more about my history there. So I grew up riding. Um, I started riding when I was about 10 and I rode all through, you know, middle school, all through high school. I had a horse. I rode through college. I was on the equestrian team. And at the end of that, I was so burnt out. I was like, I cannot go to another horse show. So you can see what type of person I am, right? I'm like really <laughs> all in. Like I said before, type A, high achiever. I am all in all the time to everything that I'm doing. And that has led me to burnout many times in many yeah. areas of my life. So um, I took a break. Um, I was still riding, but not very actively. I would guess like through my 20s. Uh, yeah, mostly like through my 20s. And at that time, I moved out to California and um, you know, I, I rode out there a little bit, but not very much. Um, and then, you know, since moving back to Massachusetts a couple of years ago, I got really back into it. It was just such a, it's always been my passion. Like it's the place where just like you said before, like I totally check out, I lose all track of time. I think it's because it's a place where I can be really present and very like in my body versus like in my head, which is a place that, you know, can definitely take over and take control, um, for, for many of us, I think. Um, and you know, it is my place of reprieve. Like if I'm having a rough day, like I'll just go and my horse will snuggle me. Like horses are the most intuitive animals on the planet and they just have a way of, of knowing our energy, like, like no, like nothing else, right. They're used to behaving and operating in a herd mentality. And so they have a way of sensing energy from, you know, from miles away. So mm -hmm. it's interesting if I show up there and I've had a rough day or I'm really like anxious, like my horse's energy is totally different and I'll have a really challenging ride. Mm -hmm. And if I show up there just like totally present and um, calm, it's just a whole different experience. That's amazing. There's, there's something to be said there too, about the ripple effect that our energy has on living things, not just horses, totally. everyone that we come across. It, it, yeah. It's funny how if you're having a bad day and you don't think that you are maybe portraying that to someone you're interacting with, if you look back, you can kind of see like, mm, no, that, that interaction was definitely more challenging because of the vibe that I was maybe putting off. Yeah. It's really cool. I love that. Horses are so yeah. smart. Horses, pigs, dogs. I just love it. But yeah. you, you know, you kind of found something that's your outlet. So if you're having a bad yeah. day, you have a healthy outlet, something that yeah. lights you up and, and benefits you all around as opposed yeah. to maybe some, you know, unhealthy habits or, or outlets that people tend to lean towards. Um, that's just beautiful. I hope that encourages other people to maybe think back to some of the, the hobbies and the passions they had as, as kids right. or teenagers and pick that up again, because it's yeah. so much fun. Even something like drawing or painting or mm -hmm. gosh, when I was younger, I used to like to knit and crochet just because it yeah. was like relaxing and just like that repetitive oh, motion. 
Yeah. yeah. And you can do that. Keep your hands busy. It just kind of like gives you an outlet to check out. So I love that you yeah. picked that back up and you've got this special little creature to life. So cute. Yeah, <laughs> and he's always eating your hair. Oh my gosh. Always. He's grown up a little bit. He's a lot less nimbly now, but um, yeah, for, for a while there, he was very, uh, he was just three years old, still t- like a, like a teething baby. Uh, and so he was just trying to chew on everything. So yeah well I want to um I want you to tell us where you know where you can be found all of your platforms if anyone's looking for some self-love coaching you are definitely the go-to I mean I find you just so much value every time we have a conversation about anything um but yeah I think it's it's important like self-love is important and it's something that I think we glaze over and is so neglected and it's always you know lose weight um you know get healthy run build your endurance lift weights get a Kardashian booty, you know, and yeah. <laughs> we forget like to actually just love who you are. And that, like you said in the beginning, radical self-acceptance, I think that's so powerful. So where can everyone find you? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am nourish with a lish. It's also my website. So you can find me there as well. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for my major, awesome. my major platforms. Yeah. I love it. And you've got your course, um, your career coaching course as well. Yep. Yep. So, um, I am doing, uh, four weeks to career clarity. It's like a kind of a blend between, um, just some one-on-one coaching with me and, um, some really, um, specific exercise that I take people through to kind of get that clarity for their, for their career, um, in particular. So it. that I'm actually going to be launching pretty soon. This is kind of the first time I'm talking about it. I don't even have my webpage on it up yet, but that is uh, the project for later this week. So cool. Yeah. Kind of the, by the, the time this airs, you'll be ready. It. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. That's great. I love oh, it. Yeah. And um, one other thing, I have my retreat coming up that I would love to just mm-hmm. share about as well. So yeah, please. Um, I have my annual retreat that's happening um, over Halloween weekend in, um, old orchard beach, Maine. So for anybody on the East coast, but we're, we're of course, welcoming it to anyone, uh, nationwide, of course. Um, and that will run yep, Friday through Sunday. And, um, I do it in partnership with my dear friend, um, chef Lauren, and she's a vegan chef. So it's all vegan food throughout the weekend lots of women's wellness activities, um, that we have planned on top of some yoga. It's, um, we have this beautiful space right on the beach. So there'll be plenty of time to kind of soak in the last days of the sun. If it's around, um, last year, it was like the most beautiful weekend we had in October. We actually had a dance party out on the beach one evening after one of our dinners. So <laughs> hoping to have the same, um, this next year. And then of course it's over Halloween weekend. So we do be doing some really like fun and witchy and spiritual, um, activities and things. So if anyone mm-hmm. is interested in that, um, we have a few more spots still open. Oh my gosh. That may, I may need to come out to the East coast for that. <laughs> that is wonderful. I love awesome. that. Oh my God. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Love okay. it. Love it. Well, I'll put all this information in the notes, the show notes as well. So cool. your Instagram, Thank your you. website and all that good stuff. So everybody can find it there too. Thank oh. you so, so much. Oh, I just love you. I love spending Thank time you. with you. And it, this was such a pleasure. Thank you for, for joining and bestowing us with all of that good juicy hormone health knowledge thank you thank you so much for having me Kristen I really appreciate it so grateful
Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review, and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristen, and I will see you soon.